Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we are going to be talking about all of the events from Friday, February 12th of 2021. And I will say, I'm going to preface this right now, I... I didn't change my schedule that much, but I worked a half hour later than I normally do. So usually I record at eight. Today I'm recording at 8.30 and I feel laggy. Like I feel tired. Um, So I just want to say that like this could be a low energy. I could rebound and gain some energy back. Um, But I just, I feel kind of tired. So I don't, I don't know what this is going to be, but I think it'll be okay. Um, I'm already like sitting down picking up some more energy. So I just wanted to preface that up, up top. I'm a little slow today, but hopefully I'm not too, too bad. Um, so anyway, we are going to get started and go straight into the Swedish Royal family. So I'm having a bit of a dilemma about the event in the Swedish royal family because one, it technically happened yesterday, and two, it's not anywhere on social media. I've looked pretty high, pretty low, and I've seen it from like Swedish press agency and places like that, but I haven't seen Kungahuset, which is a royal house in Swedish post anything about it. So I'm feeling very conflicted, but they're so cute that I don't want to not talk about them. So I'm going to break my own rule in this moment and talk about at least this, um, because, well, it's adorable and it's too much not to talk about. So yesterday, or at least this is when they were released, I think the event happened yesterday, the Swedish royal family, so King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, Crown Princess Victoria, Prince Daniel, Princess Estelle, and Prince Oscar went, I'm calling it like cross-country skiing. It really wasn't. It was just like on some skis in the snow um, at Drottingholm Palace Park, which is, of course, right near Drottingholm Palace, which is where King Carl Gustav and Queen Sylvia are residing. Um, It's their primary residence. It's also definitely where they've been um, COVID quarantining, uh, or, you know, the safest place for them to be during COVID. And so that is where they were. Um, and of course, because of COVID restrictions and things like that, the Royal family isn't traveling to, um, Switzerland where they tend to go skiing, or I think maybe they have like a ski lodge in Norway or something like that, but they're not there either. Um, just because you can't cross borders and you shouldn't really be leaving your area. Um, so they were just really cute photos. I've posted a few that I found um, on the website, so you can definitely see them there. They're really adorable. Um, but like I said, I'm feeling very conflicted about it because 
it wasn't an official event, but it was definitely planned by the royal household to be photographed. So um, I've chosen to talk about it. I hope that they post something later. I know they've done this before where like they went um, to the sculpture park, park that was sponsored by the Princess Estelle Foundation. Um, and I saw photos of that and it was like obviously a press organized event. Um, however, like they posted about it a couple days later on Swedish Royal House social media. So I'm hoping it'll show up then. Um, and if it doesn't, you know, they're pretty cute. They are clearly meant for the press. Um, so it, it's not like a private moment. Um, it's just like one of those gray areas. And so... This is one thing like I'm gonna try to be consistent about, but there are going to be times when like there are some inconsistencies about how I do that. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. I I did see them yesterday. However, I saw them right after I finished recording, so I chose not to add it in. Um, but I did want to go ahead and talk about it today because, again, they're just extremely cute photos, um, and you can find them on the website, thedailyroyal.com, or on Instagram, thedailyroyal. So feel free to check those out. But that's what was going on um, in Sweden, so now we are going to move on to Spain. Spain. Um, today, King Felipe held an audience with the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, uh, Filippo Grande, who is on an official visit to Spain. So, um, in the audience as well was the Undersecretary uh, for Foreign Affairs, um, one of the undersecretaries in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Spain, as well as the UN Refugee Council um, person from Spain, where they were talking about, obviously, like the rights of refu refugees and the ability to seek asylum and um, how that relates to Spanish culture and things along those, those lines. Um, if my day had not been so busy today, I wanted to do um, like a deep dive in um, like Spain's refugee acceptance. Um, okay, so here is, okay, here are numbers from 2019. Um, wow, that's awesome. So in 2018, so these are not current numbers by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'd be really curious to see 2019 numbers, but I don't know if those have been released. Um, and I'm not going to do a whole search of them. So, okay. Um, 
this is again like I said January of 2019 so these are 2018 numbers um, so according to UNHCR which is the UN Human uh, UN High, Com High Commission for Refugees um, about 120,000 refugees and migrants came to Europe and the country that recorded the highest numbers of arrivals in 2018 was Spain with 62,479 people coming in, um, which was over 50% of the refugees in total. Um, and this is up a significant amount from the 2017 number and even more from the 2016 number. Um, it looks like you know, Spain is kind of maybe continuing with that trend. I, like I said, I would love to see 20, 2019 numbers, 2020 numbers, if they exist, um, on Spain's refugee acceptance, but like clearly they have a strong, um, presence in the refugee world at the moment. And so I think that's really awesome. And so that is what the two men were talking about. Um, was refugees and their rights and how they're transitioning into the Spanish state and things like that. Um, so I found that to be a really interesting one that I wish I had time to do more research on, not just a quick Google search while I'm recording a podcast. Um, but that's where we're at today because of the way my personal like day job day went. Um, okay, so let's go ahead now and move on to Norway after the very exciting information we just learned in Spain. So let's go on to Norway. Norway, we had some more news, um, which I have decided that we're going to talk about. Um, we'll start with, of course, the traditional Friday event. Um, so Crown Prince Akun, who's still serving as regent, um, held the weekly Council of State meeting. Um, and then right before that, he had an audience with the Prime Minister of Norway. Um, and then it was also announced today, so recap. Um, at the beginning of February, King Harald had knee surgery. Um, I think it was knee. It's a tendon in his right leg. I think it's knee. Um, and was on sick leave till what is supposed to be Sunday, February 14th. Um, however, this morning it was announced that that sick leave was going to be extended um, because King Harald is receiving physical therapy and they just, the physical therapists have decided it would be better for that to be extended for another month. So Harald's now re expected return date is March 14th. Um, and I saw this on Twitter and I'm trying to remember which royal account I saw it on. I don't follow that many. Um, Okay, so it's Gertz Royal on Twitter. Um, she's amazing at like all of this information. I wish I was this good at it. Um, I'm pretty good, but like 
not this much. Um, so she broke down like how much it's happened in the past 15 months. Um, and Crown Prince Akun is has served as regent for over 110 days or 22% of the time, which is a lot. Um, I think I say this every time, like it's, it's definitely like a lot of time that Akun has spent as regent. Um, and I think that's all I'm going to say about it. Like, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, but I don't want to really vocalize them because they become too speculative and I want to avoid that as much as possible. Um, or even like saying what I think should happen. Um, just because like, I don't know. I just want to be very respectful to like the fact that a monarchy is not the same in every country. However, I'm very, you know, I'm just going to say I'm very of the opinion that retirement is okay. Um, even if you're a king or a queen, like, I don't, I don't know all the specifics, but it definitely seems like if your son is serving as your regent 22% of the past 15 months, like, I personally am at that point more pro-abdication um, and like enjoy retirement, um, but that's not my decision. I don't know that that's the right decision for Norway or for the Norwegian people. Um, it's just a per I'm a person who doesn't even live in a monarchy who talks about them every day. So like just know like my opinion means literally nothing. It's just, this is what I think. Um, you know, it just seems like maybe it's time, but I don't think that's how Norway operates. I think they go until the current monarch passes away and crown prince Akun will then become king. Um, but I just want to like, I don't want to ever wish death on, like, I don't want to wish anything like it, it will, age like I don't want to do any of that but like I don't know it's just a lot of time as regent it's just I'm kind of wrapping my head around it while I'm talking it's just a lot of time um so anyway that is kind of where I'm at thinking about that I was really sad to see that um I also recognize that like if it's as minor as they say it is like it's a leg injury it'll be fine in time it's just King Harold is 84 in a few weeks I think 84 or 85 hold on I have it written down yeah he's turning 84 in nine days so I don't know just age is hard on recovery that's all I'll say um but yeah so that's what was going on in Norway it was very sad to hear that news but I hope his physical therapy continues to go well um and I definitely hope he returns to work like for sure 100% excited to talk about King Harald excited for COVID to be over so he can be out and about again um but yeah that is what was going on today in Norway so now we are going to move on to the Netherlands Thank you. 
are moving right along here. Um, I have to say, I'm thoroughly shocked there was an event in the Netherlands today. Um, there don't ever seem to be events on Fridays or Mondays, um, one of the two, so maybe I don't expect things now to happen on Monday. I don't know. Um, but I was very shocked that this event happened. Um, but anyway, today King Will and Alexander visited the winter shelter for the Salvation Army that has opened itself up to be 24 hours right now with the snow and the cold. Um, so for reference, um, oh, I don't have it. That's silly of me. I used to have them all. Um, I used to have all the weather of the countries that I talk about, um, but I just didn't. So it has been extremely cold in the Netherlands and snowy and just a very wintry disaster um, over the past couple of weeks, a uh, week or so. Um, it's been very snowy. I th kind of think everywhere. I've, I know we have like inches and inches of snow on the ground um, and we're getting a ton more next week so like lots of snow um, and the Netherlands is the same Madrid had that crazy snowstorm earlier this year um, like just a lot of snow everywhere but um, because of that, the Salvation Army has opened its shelter 24-7 um, so people can get a rest uh, who need assistance. Like home, homeless people are able to rest um, in the warmth and not, you know, um, be exposed to those really cold elements. So Willem Alexander was able to meet with the director of the location, the Salvation Army location in The Hague, um, as well as two staff members at that location um, to kind of learn about the challenges that they're facing right now, what all of this this um, open shelter looks like, um, and how it all works out. And then he was also able to meet um, one of the gentlemen um, staying in the shelter um, in a temporary room to like see his setup and um, talk about just you know their general experience his general experience um, with using the shelter and pre being able to use the shelter as well um, so I just thought that was really cool and like there are moments I don't think I've ever made it a super big secret I have my frustrations of the royal families that I talk about like the Netherlands tends to be the most frustrating to me. Um, and I haven't quite figured out why other than just some of the actions they take um, seem very elitist to me. Um, but it's a super hypocritical thing because, like, I don't know, they just annoy me a little bit more, but I'm, I'm working through it. Uh, but then there are these moments where, like, there are really some redeeming qualities about them. Um, and this is one, like, to just be able to sit down and have a conversation with a gentleman who's homeless and just have it look really casual and seamless is so... It's so Willem Alexander. Like, he's so... He has his moments of extravagancy and over-the-topness, but then at the end of the day, he just does seem folksy. And I just think that's so, so important. Um, so... 
yeah, like there was definitely some redeeming quality about today. Um, but that's what was going on in the Netherlands. I really enjoyed that event today. Um, and now we are going to Denmark. You guys, we're going to Denmark. Let's go. It happened! We have an event! Hooray! I'm so ecstatic about this. It's insane how happy I am for an event in Denmark. Um, but reminder, there's been like none for a month or something. I don't think it's been quite that long, but it feels like it's been that long. Um, okay, so today Crown Princess Mary participated in a... Uh, meeting of the youth panel for the Mary Foundation um, and so these are a group of uh, young people who have been chosen to share their quote thoughts experiences and advice to fight distrust and loneliness during the COVID crisis um, so it was a couple of, of photos that were shared it was like kind of the zoom call grid um, and then like a photo of Mary's working space. It looked like she was working at a table today with an iPad, which like everything, everyone can relate. Um, and then like a, a photo <laughs> screenshot of the Mary Foundation's homepage website, um, where you can find some of the, the things that the kids discussed on the panel today. Um, but overall, I mean, the Mary Foundation is really something to help younger people fight loneliness um, and bullying and some of those really troubling things that face kids and young people that while given a lot of, of attention are not given priority attention. Um, so the Mary Foundation has made it so that there is more of a spotlight put on that because that is the power of having a royal family member. Um, participate in events like this is that it gets a lot of notoriety and then things happen um you know here in the in the states it's no different if like a president or a senator will um sometimes a senator if you pay close enough attention will pick something that they're really passionate about in their state or in the country and laser focus on it um, and then it gets some notoriety and so it's just easier when you have a royal because it has, they have in general, like a royal person just has this immediate newsworthy quality about them just because of the family they were born into or married into. It's silly, but like it means a lot. You know, we're interested in their personal lives. We're interested in who they date and who they marry and who, like, how they raise their children and where their children are going to school. Like, it just interests a lot of people. Um, 
And so like their actions are newsworthy. The organizations they visit are newsworthy. It's why the British royal family has like a thousand patronages each is because if they give them attention, that patronage or that organization receives support from everywhere. Um, and so it's just something that's like really, really important. And with Mary being as much of a star in Denmark as she is, like this is something that has become way more popular than it was before she took it on. Um, and it wouldn't have gotten the same notoriety if like, you know, the current prime minister of Denmark did it or anything like that. Like it gets star power when you sign a royal onto it or a literal star, um, a celebrity. But I just think like it's really important. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. Like, I think it's a really great thing. Um, and I thought like, I was just also, let's be honest, I was really just glad that they shared something for the week because it's been a really quiet week. Um, so that in and of itself was worth it. Um, but yeah, that is what was going on in Denmark today. And now we are going to go ahead and yeah, we are going to go ahead and talk about the British Royal family now. So moving on to the UK, I was doing like a quick search in the very last part of the Denmark segment to make sure that there was something on the court circular worth talking about because there was nothing really going on public facing today. Um, a video call that Camilla had, the Duchess of Cornwall, excuse me, had with the um, organization Safe Lives came out where they were talking about um, an initiative for domestic abuse um, to be noticed. Um, to be notified at a pharmacy that is really, really cool. I want to go ahead and, you know, um, encourage you to look into that. It's very, it's a very awesome, um, program. Um, okay. But then court circular wise, let's see. So the Prince of Wales today, um, held a meeting with the Prince's Trust via video link, um, and then this is why I decided that we were going to talk about it. Um, so this afternoon, the Duke of Cambridge held a telephone meeting with former Secretary of State John Kerry, um, who is now the United States Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. So John Kerry was Secretary of State from 2019 to 2017 with Barack Obama's second term. Um, he replaced uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, um, and became the new Secretary of State and, again, had a similar amount of star power as Hillary does, um, and was able to do, um, a lot of good in foreign policy. And in 2021, he was announced, uh, maybe it was in 2020 even, um, but towards, you know, he became, um, part of the state department again. Um, but this time as the 
U.S. Special Envoy for Climate, so he's going to focus on a lot of climate-related issues. Um, this is really important because um, while Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama really got the ball rolling on the Paris Climate Accords, um, John Kerry kind of finished out that mission um, in working with the world to make sure our climate doesn't implode um, and was instrumental in getting the climate accord done and and signed. And then in 2016, um, President Trump pulled us out, uh, making us one of the only countries. And when I say only, I mean like it was us and maybe two others, maybe just one other um, countries that were not partaking in um, eliminating climate change. And that was one of President, now President Joe Biden's promises on the campaign is that he would put us back in the Paris Climate Accord. He would put us back in the World Health Organization because, you know, the U.S. decided to leave the World Health Organization in the middle of a pandemic um, because we elected an idiot uh, four years ago, five years ago now. Um, and when John Kerry was announced, it's because, again, he did a lot of that framework with the Paris Climate Accords, which is like the global thing um, in which the global community is committed to saving the earth. Um, and so this is a big deal. Um, I am shocked shocked that William got to have this conversation or that William did have this conversation. Um, like I know William has really taken on, um, with Earthshot and climate change. Like I know he has done a lot, but I'm shocked that William has had this conversation and not Charles. Um, I just think that's like a huge deal. Um, you know, I recognize that John Kerry is not the president of the United States. He's not the, sec the current secretary of state. But here, um, he is a man of great power and great influence and what I would deem as like a high-level diplomat that should be dealing with high-level officials, um, which William is. Like, I don't want to discredit William's position. He is a high-level professional um, and a high-level, lo not a professional, high-level official, um, but I was very excited when I said that, when I saw that. Um, I just think like that's a really big deal. I wonder, I, it doesn't say what the conversation was about, but I wonder if it was Earthshot related or um, just general climate relation. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm going to nerd out like this every now and then, guys, because this feels normal. Um, and I know I know that the U.S. still has a lot of work to do to repair our standing in the global community, but this feels normal. It feels normal that John Kerry is doing his job advocating for climate, like advocating to protect us against climate change and that the future, future King of England is 
part of it. Like, I just, it's amazing, and I'm very excited. Um, so, yeah, that is what was going on in the UK today on the court circular, and now we are going to go ahead and move on to the Belgian royal family. All right, in Belgium, we are gonna finish up. We had a couple more events going on here. Um, okay, so we're gonna start with King Philippe's phone calls. Um, so he, this week, has continued his contact with local mayors throughout Belgium um, to show support for lo the local authorities um, who are in um, the fight against COVID. Um, and then he also had a telephone conversation this morning with the Secretary General of the Walloon, which is the French-speaking community um, of Belgium, Poverty Reduction Network, about the impact that COVID has had on impoverished people, um, homeless, uh, job seekers, students, etc. Um, and just talked about like the impact that COVID has had on their day-to-day -day lives. Um, and then... Later on in the day, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde both visited uh, medical personnel at a hospital, which is name I'm not even going to try to pronounce um, because I don't feel like always embarrassing myself when I try to pronounce foreign things, um, particularly in French and Dutch. Um, I'll take I'll I'll speak some French if I know how it's pronounced, but if I can't figure it out, I won't, and I embarrass myself when I try to speak Dutch, so I definitely don't do that. Um, but they visited a hospital where they took part in a, like a presentation, um, about the preparations for the COVID-19 vaccine, um, how the hospital is organized and functional during the pandemic, as well as the mental impact of COVID, um, that the employees are feeling because we all know COVID is stressful. I think I talked about this yesterday. COVID is hard. Um, you know, today I had a good COVID day, like, Yesterday I had a really crappy COVID day just because like I was feeling really isolated yesterday, even though I do get to leave my house every day. Um, I do get to go to work every day. I was still feeling just incredibly isolated. Um, and so, you know, and today I was feeling like more of a, like I was part of a community again. It, it's bizarre. Um, uh, but that's what COVID does. Like you're so up and down and hot and cold and like there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle I guess the days where it's like okay I don't have COVID and I'm not crying I guess today was an okay day um but yeah so that is that was really awesome and then they also saw um the vaccination room and the they called it the COVID emergency room um, so I don't know if that's for people who are experiencing symptoms of COVID to um, experience emergency relief or if that's just the way the tweet was written um, in the Facebook post and stuff like that. Um, but then I don't know if you guys know this because I don't think I've talked about it yet this year. Um, Queen Matilde, who is like one of the most underrated royals like ever, um, is 
sometimes a fashion icon, but the way she won my heart last year, I kid you not, you guys, when she wore it for the very first time, she wore a matching face mask to her outfit. Like it was the same color, same material, <laughs> just like a cut of the fabric that was used to make her outfit became her face mask. I, that is the moment when I was like, okay, let me start paying a little more attention to her because wow. Um, and then she knocked me over when she wore a sparkly face mask to match her sparkly pants. I lost my mind. But like one of the running themes of 2020 was talking about Matilde's matching face masks. And I guess we haven't seen her out in public since the new year. I think everything she's done has been, maybe she has been a couple of times. I don't know. Anyway, I've never noticed a matching face mask, but today she had one that matched her shirt. But what I noticed was that she was double masked. So she had on a surgical mask and then her fancy pretty cloth mask over it, um, which is something that where I am where in the States, we use the Center for Disease Control or the CDC. Um, and that's something they haven't officially like recommended, but they definitely have said like, oh, I can't see how this would hurt. Um, and so in my day to day, I don't double mask, but if I'm in a grocery store or something like that, I definitely do. Um, or if, um, I think I've mentioned this on here many times, I'm a DoorDash driver is my like day job, um, really into the self-employment thing. Maybe I'll do something about that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, I, if I'm in a restaurant that is really, really crowded, um, for an ex for what will potentially be an extended period of time i always keep a cloth face mask in like my coat um and i'll pop that on over my surgical mask because that's what i wear every day is a, a surgical mask with the nose pad nose bridge um but i just wanted to like point out matilde's mask because it matched her shirt but then i was so thrown off because there were two of two masks um and obviously the surgical was just like a white or blue surgical mask um but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of 2020 was dedicated to Matilde's face masks. Um, so I just wanted to throw that back out there. And that is the end of this episode. Um, I definitely feel like I perked up there from the very beginning, which is great. Um, but yeah, please check out thedailyroyal.com, the Daily Royal on Instagram, like and review this podcast. And I will talk to you all on Tuesday for our weekend recap and anything that happens on Monday. And I will talk to you all then. Bye.